So often in life, things that you regard as an impediment turn out to be great good fortune. That is a quote by the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. This is episode 113. The topic of this week's episode is absolute marketing. My guest this week is Elizabeth Pampalone. Elizabeth is an international speaker, successful entrepreneur, and expert marketer with over 20 years of experience. Her innovative approach helps overwhelmed business owners and burnt out nonprofit directors achieve success and freedom through the power of absolute marketing. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to Trina Talk. Hi, nice to talk with you. Thank you so much for having me on today. Well, thank you for being a guest. I am excited to speak with you because you are an expert in a field that I think every business owner needs help with. But before we get into that, you're an international speaker, you're an entrepreneur, and you spent over 20 years in the marketing agency um, industry. I'm sorry, the marketing industry. And right now you're helping other businesses um, get past their overwhelm of marketing. Can you tell us about who you are and what led you to do the work that you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. I started my business in 2007. I had just gone through a divorce. I had pretty much lost everything. Um, you know, my job, my, everything was just kind of a mess. And I decided that I needed to start over and start fresh. And I started my first business. It was a computer repair company and I helped older individuals <laughs> with their computers in their homes. And from there, I started to meet um, more and more business owners as I started to branch out into teaching and education. And then I realized that I was kind of a business owner. I didn't really think of myself that way until much later. And I also realized that I had been marketing myself for so long and I had all these great formulas that I had created um, for myself to help market myself and they were working really well. So I decided to start sharing them with the business owners that I knew. And that's really how my marketing agency was born. Um, and once I sold the computer repair company, then I would just went full time with the marketing agency and about Three years ago, three, four years ago, I um, created Absolute Marketing, which I had been doing all along. It's just that I finally gave it its own name and <laughs> really gave it its own space. Um, and it worked out really, really well because at that time in my life, I was actually, you know, four years ago, I was dealing with a lot of stress from the marketing agency. People would not get me their stuff on time and all my deadlines were being missed. And, you know, people just didn't, um, they didn't see the value in it and they didn't see the, the time that it took for me to create what I created. And so what would happen is they would send me everything on the, the last day of our contract. 
And that just stressed me out so much for 30 days. I was just stressing out. And then I had to create everything in one day. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. And I changed the game completely. And I just turned the marketing industry on its head a little bit. And now I have a lot of people try and copy me. So I think I did something right. (laughs) Wow. I think you did. Well, and let's go into absolute marketing because that's your term for your system that you have in place. So Mm -hmm. tell me and all the other entrepreneurs that are listening, what exactly is that? Because I know what you're talking about. I get stressed out with marketing. I'm I'm going through it right now. And yeah, just help me out, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew that as for myself, when I was running the um, computer repair business and I was also running 13 meetup groups a month. And then I was started running my agency at the same time. Like I was doing so much and I had to create systems for myself that helped me to do all the marketing I needed to do and still stay sane and on top of everything. Um, And really give myself time to actually do client work because not only was I marketing two companies and tons of groups, but I was also finding speakers. Like I had just so much on my plate administratively and I didn't have any way to hire a team. There was just, that wasn't going to happen at that point. So it was just me. And um, the, the formulas that I devised were so simple and so effective that I, once I started sharing them with clients, it just became this, I don't know, this like massive, like a movement in, in a way that people were just like, just, I have to do this. I have to do it your way because it was just so effective. So, um, absolute marketing is essentially a five day system. I have other days as well. People you can throw in there. I do a podcasting day and stuff like that, but, um, I actually do the main five days as a regular thing. So it's a, a package of one year of marketing content in five days. And the five days are branding, website, social media, blogging, and email marketing. So we spend one day on each of those things. And once each of those things is completed, we move on to the next day. And literally, we, you know, for example, we build a website in a day. I mean, it's literally implementation days. And we get all this stuff done. So when you walk away at the end of those five days, you have an entire year's worth of marketing plus a brand plus a website that's all done. Wow. So is this a course or are you doing one-on-one customized work with each one of your clients? It is one-on-one done with you implementation. Wow. So I'm coaching along the way. I'm working with people who maybe don't have their target market fleshed out or people who um, maybe have been working in the industry for a while and they don't really know what their prices should be, or maybe they just got in over their head with expenses and we can like help them reduce all of that and get a lot of that off their plate. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this one-on-one done with you. And if someone can give me five days with their business, then I can give them an entirely new marketing strategy plan implementation and something that's just done. Wow. So when you say give you five days, so you're meaning the person comes to you, they tell you what their business is and where their struggles are. And then you basically say, okay, this is where we need to dive in and focus. Because what if someone already has a website, but they need everything else? How do you work that? The first thing I look at is the brand. 
We got to make sure that brand is strong. If that brand is not strong and I don't feel like it's strong enough, I'm not going to let you spend money building a website around it, building social media around it, and and all these other days around it because your brand is the foundation. It's the soul of your company. And if you don't have your brand and your message correct, when I go to build that website or I try to write your social media for you or I try to help you create a strategy around blogging, there's nothing we can do. Like we don't have the right tools. So we have to make sure that brand is correct first. If the brand is okay and I'm like, all right, we can work with this. This is good. Then we move on to the website. 90% of people that I meet do not have the right website. They have something they cannot use. They have something they cannot edit and they have something that they don't even understand. So I try to make sure that anybody that works with us, they're getting a product that they can use, they can edit, and then I'm teaching them how to use that in that same day. So it's something they can use for years to come. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's something that will sustain them for up to three to five years. Like that's the longevity of this site that we're building. But it's something that I want them to learn how to use. If you want to change some words, you change them. If you want to swap out a photo, you can do it because we've already gone through that and I've taught you how to do it. So even if you already have a website, like I said, 90% of people that come to me, they're in the wrong website because somebody told them that they should be here or there or whatever. And I also tell people, if you find someone that you like their philosophy, the way they work, you need to stick with them. So don't, I try to tell people, don't come to me and ask me questions. <laughs> if you've already found somebody that you're working with and you're like, well, they told me to do this and they told me to do that. I might have a different opinion. I might have a different way of doing things and it's just going to confuse you. So I try to get people say, look, you pick a guru, you pick a person and you like follow them to the nth degree, but you have to do everything they say. Otherwise their plan isn't going to work for you or for anybody really. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is, I love that. It, that is so juicy because the brand, like you say, is the foundation. Now, who are your clients? Who exactly are you working with and who comes to you and say, okay, I need this marketing help? Really a lot of small businesses. And I also work with nonprofit directors. Um, I work with a lot of solopreneurs, but I also work with people that have small teams and for my small team people, sometimes they can't give me five days. Like their business won't even allow them, you know, that time off. Like they're just so busy. And so what I do for them is I take the five days and I break it down into five weeks and we do a coaching session every week for five weeks. And then in between, they can delegate the stuff that I've told them about and, you know, given them insight about, and they can delegate that to their team. And so when they come back the next week, now their team has completed those tasks and we can move on to the next thing. So there's different ways I work with different types of people, but um, the solopreneurs are great. Um, people who have coaching businesses, online businesses, um, you know, copywriters, other marketers. I've actually worked with other marketers because when I was starting out, I needed somebody to help me with my brand and my business because I was too close to it. You're just, you can't do it for yourself sometimes. You might be able to coach someone, you know, do a really good job and help them out and get them excelling in their career. And then you might be able to do marketing for another person and just do amazing at it. Then when it comes to yourself, you can't coach yourself. You can't do marketing on yourself. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I recommend that people like if you're in these in an industry and you are, you know, you need help in your own industry, in your same industry, you need to find a coach. Like coaches need coaches, marketers need marketers, you know. Um, and I also work with, you know, fitness trainers and lawyers and doctors and really anybody who has a small business, but they are looking at social media and going, I don't have time for that. Or they're looking at their email list and going, yeah, I haven't sent anything in a year, maybe never. Uh, you know, <laughs> so those are the kind of people that, that I'm looking for and that I really resonate with is that 
they need some help, they need things done, but they don't necessarily have the time or the maybe the even the investment to hire and train a whole team of people to do all this stuff. They just want to say, you know what, let's just let's just get it done. Let's just sit down together, write up this stuff, show me how it works, show me how I can streamline and take back my time and and just automate a lot of my business. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what you were saying about the website being able to be sustained for four or five years, that's very good because I I just had a new website done and I think this is probably my third or fourth <laughs> website. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and like you said, some people I know I had someone to do a website for me and it was just, it was nothing that I needed. I mean, it was just basically mm-hmm. a, a pretty website with pictures. I'm like, no, I need business is this is not just Mm -hmm. you know a photo gallery so then I did it myself and that worked for a little bit but still it was missing some components so then I had a developer who just finished where I was like okay this is my objective I needed to do this this and this and this so I think this version is really good but people don't realize that there's a lot that goes into that it's not just oh I got a website and it's up it's like okay what are you trying to do are you trying to build an audience drive traffic whatever that case Mm -hmm. may be, your website needs to speak to that. It's true. And I think the brand really does give you that insight because if you don't know who your people are, then you really can't build your website. And uh, in the same goes for social media. You know, if you don't know who you're trying to speak to and what your goal is with social media, then you can't really use social media effectively. Um, And that's another reason that, you know, I, I have the five days set up the way that they're set up is because everything builds on itself. And we also, you know, use those five days really effectively to actually like get everything done. But once those five days are done, you've basically done all the types of marketing you could possibly do. I mean, yeah, there's other ones out there. You could podcast or you could do video or you could do all these other things. But those are almost, I feel, secondary. They're not all necessary. Not everyone has to have a podcast, you know, not everyone needs to use video, Mm -hmm. but everyone does need a website. Everyone does need a little bit of social media. Everyone should have blogs on their website that give them that SEO and that that pull from Google. So those are some like the bare minimum. Like if you can do these five things, that's your bare minimum, then you're good. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And let's talk about social media because that's something that I'm doing now. And, you know, if I could sit down and plan a month, I would be grateful. But you're saying you have people walking out the door with a year and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, wish I could have that. So when you talk about social media, because I've talked to other entrepreneurs, where should you start your social media? Do I need to be on every platform? Do I need to post every day? What are you telling people? Because I think social media is an overwhelming thing, especially for entrepreneurs, because you don't know where to be, how, how much to be there, what should, you know, what you should put there. Um, Cause some right. people are like, Oh, you need to be everywhere. And you're thinking, okay, well, And, you know, and I know the, okay, get one piece of content and, you know, chop it up for the different platforms, which I've started doing. But again, you're like, okay, well, each platform has its own base. So you have to make sure that you're putting that right piece out there. What is your advice? I actually wrote a book about this. (laughs) Um, And I really go back to um, two things. One is that social media should be algorithm proof. And that's actually what I call this is social media setup that I do. It's algorithm proof social media. We don't care about the algorithm. 
We don't care about what Facebook tells us we should be doing or we shouldn't be doing or what what LinkedIn tells us we should or shouldn't be doing um, or what's best or what's not best. We need to basically post what our consumers want and need. And so when we throw out what these companies are kind of putting us in these boxes, then we can actually get to the people we need to get to and we can actually market effectively. The other thing that I go off of is the demographics of each um, location or each you know platform. So for example, <clears throat> for example, um, Instagram is mostly women under 40 and it is mostly women that follow brands, not people. Mm. And it's a lifestyle system. So if you don't have a brand that has to do with health, fashion, fitness, wellness, um, you know, mental health, you know, anything that's that that woman under 40 is going to really gravitate towards. And you don't have the most amazing photographs that trump everybody else's photographs, <laughs> then you're kind of lost in the shuffle and you might not get the traction on Instagram you want. Now, if you're going to Twitter, Twitter is actually a news platform now, mm-hmm. mostly men under 35. 50% of users don't even post. And it is people basically spend like two minutes a day on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So that may not be your platform. Um, and then you look at Facebook and they're like a slightly older demographic and you look at, you know, Pinterest and it's, you know, people actually buy more products off of Pinterest because of a Pinterest recommendation than anywhere else. So there, there's all these demographics and all these little things you can know about all these different platforms. And once you know who is on each platform and what they do there and why they're on there, then you can actually say, these are my two or these are my three that I am going to really focus on and really go after. And I don't think anybody should be on more than three because typically there's not really three or four, really. (laughs) There's not really four that are going to actually be with your demographic. Mm. So really got to look at those demographics because why would you waste your time with Twitter if your audience is really, you know, that's a majority of men on that platform. Mm -hmm. Not saying it's all men, not saying that, but the majority is mostly men. And if that's not who you're targeting, if you're targeting women who are like my, my demographic is women between the ages of, you know, 35 and 65 who have businesses, then that's not really a great platform for me. But LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. that's a great platform, Mm -hmm. you know, Facebook, another great platform. So, you know, just have to really look at your demographics and focus on the ones that are actually going to bring you the people that you need to you know, to use to for your business. Wow. That's great information. And like I said, because a lot of people think that I just need to be everywhere. I need to just, mm-hmm. I need to just be out there, just putting things out there. And, and I was one of those people when I first started. And then finally, I'm, I'm like you, I've narrowed it down to two, maybe the third one that I'm really focusing on, but that, you know, people get overwhelmed and they start getting crazy because you see people and you say, okay, well, they're doing this well here. They're doing it here. And most of those people who are on those multiple platforms are all, they've already kind of got it, I guess, nailed down. And they're more of a celebrity brand, not, you know, Mm -hmm. necessarily an entrepreneur who may be doing it solo or have a small team. Right. Wow. And tell us what the name of your book is that you referred to. It's called Six Months of Social Media, and um, you can find it on my website. Okay. And your website is what? Getabsolutemarketing.com. Yeah. Wow. So I always like to 
know about not only your successes, but your failures as you have come to this place where now I think this is your passion sounds like how you speak about it. Um, Tell us about some of the things that you have gone through to build where you are. I know you talked about in the beginning, the uh, life changes that you had, the reason why you went into starting your computer repair business, but now Mm -hmm. you're in marketing and tell us about your journey, because some people think, oh, entrepreneurship is so easy and look at people, they're doing this and that, but they don't see, you know, the story behind the success. I've actually had many failed businesses. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Um, real, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's true. And when you're an entrepreneur, you try a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not just doing one thing. I mean, the two that that I had, the, the computer repair company that we sold and um, this, this company that I have now, those are the two that I would say are the longest, like they're the ones that have been around the whole time. You know, they were the the bread and butter, the ones that paid the bills. Um, but the, I always tried other things. I always, you know, wanted to branch out and see what else was out there. I actually started a networking company. Um, I actually took all of the networking groups in my city, aggregated them and put them into a calendar, color coded them, tagged them with categories and then put them on a calendar so that you could, sh- you know, sort the calendar, shuffle the calendar, whatever. You could look at just women's events. You could look at just health events. You could look at, I mean, just you know, trade shows, whatever it was. And I, I had that company for three years. It was a great company. It actually did very, very well. It didn't make a ton of money. It wasn't like a, a you know, a, a thing that I would switch to or anything. But it was just one of those companies that was like, yeah, this is helpful. People enjoy it. I enjoy working on it. It pays for itself, you know, makes a little extra on the side. But after three years, it was done. It it just kind of faded away. It was really, really interesting. Um, and it was a hard decision to close that business because it didn't really fail, like, you know, spectacularly. <laughs> but it was a hard decision because it was like, okay, well, why is it not working now? You know, what, what has changed in the climate? And, you know, am I, is it something I did? Or, you know, it just was all these questions. And I thought, you know what, it's just time. It's just time for it to be done. Um, and I closed it and I walked away from it and I still get people talk to me about it to this day and they, they want me to bring it back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's not a market for it right now, which is fine, but you know, maybe someday. Um, and then I had a, a huge, oh my goodness, this was a, this was probably my biggest failure yet. And that happened this year and it's still a little raw. So I'll just be brief about it. (laughs) Um, but I started, um, I, I got, I took a partner on. Uh, with me. And I'm not saying that she was a bad partner because she wasn't, she was awesome. Um, But I know myself and I'm not a partner kind of person. Mm -hmm. I'm just not. And I've done partnerships before. And every time I say to my husband, I'm like, don't you let me get into another (laughs) partnership. Like, don't let it happen. And this one, he, he let me get into it. I was like, see, it's your fault. (laughs) Um, But it's just that you know, I like to make decisions. I like to make quick decisions. I like to make things happen. And, you know, then I had to talk to her and it was just a little bit longer of a process. And, and that's not actually what ended up failing the business, but the business ended up failing because of external circumstances. And that's even harder because there's nothing you can do. There's, you know, you try everything, you know, you try everything that you can think of. You ask everyone, you know, you get external help and it's, it still just falls on its face. And, it was going well. It started to get better. And then all of a sudden crash and burn. Mm-hmm. And it was really disappointing because it was such a cool concept and such a fun thing to do, but it started to become a job 
Mm. And when your your business becomes a job, it's this millstone around your neck and you're just like, please just take it from me. I don't want to do this anymore. Then that's when it's not really your business anymore. You've just created yourself a job Mm -hmm. and you made yourself kind of a, you know, enslaved to your own idea (laughs) of what should be perfect. And I think we do this to ourselves a lot. And so I did have to close that business and it was very sad and I lost a lot of money. And so did my partner. I feel so bad. Like, I feel like I drug her into it, but I didn't. (laughs) Um, But I feel, you know, I felt responsible. Like, you know, I I should have made it better. I should have fixed this or I should have done that. And, and really after looking back at everything, there's nothing I could have done. It it had to end. It was, it was time. It it wasn't an idea that was going to work for us. But at the same time, you know, you have to take those failures and while it was sad and I, I did have a good cry over it, um, you know, I deal with things differently now. You know, when some of my other businesses failed, I had one that failed early on. It was called uh, My Business Workshops. I didn't really market it very well. I didn't really have enough clientele for that type of business. I sat in an empty conference room that I had rented four weeks in a row because no one showed up to any of my conference things that I had set up and I was paying for it. I paid for food. And I mean, just those kind of things happened and I lost money on those deals, but it was such a devastating blow at that point because I was like, why isn't this working and what's wrong with me and all this stuff. But now when things like this happen, and this was a much bigger failure in terms of monetary value, but it was the same idea, right? Like something happened this time. It was beyond my control. And that's almost even worse because you're helpless. And then you know, how I'm dealing with it now is so much different than how I dealt with the failure then. And I I see that, you know, failure still happens to people, even experienced people like myself that have been in business for 13 years. You know, these things still happen, but it's how we deal with them as we mature and as we grow as business owners that really makes all the difference. And you can say, yep, well, there goes four grand, but all right, moving on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we gotta, we gotta find what that lesson is in there. And you know, I hadn't really had a major failure for a long time. And I thought, you know, I'm doing good. This is great. And now it's it's really funny. Ever since this happened this year, I have had so many interview questions of what's been your, you know, your, your greatest failure. Cause you talked about your greatest success. What's your biggest failure? And I'm like, Oh no, do we have to talk about this now? <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's a given me this story just to show that you know, yeah, I, I'm great and I do awesome things, but at the same time, I also make big, big mistakes and it doesn't, you're not immune from it, but it's how you deal with it after the fact that really makes a difference. Mm. So true. And that's one of the reasons why I always ask my guests, what's your success and your failures? Because oftentimes we tell about our success and where we are, but everyone goes through those ups and downs and those bumps and trials and losing money, losing companies. And I think it's something that people should share more often so that other people looking at them could be more realistic and say, okay, Mm -hmm. I will fail. Or um, if I don't do it right this time, I just need to tweak or whatever and get back up and do it again. So I always like hearing that. Plus it's interesting. Um, And it seems like, like you said, you've always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit, spirit, where did that come from? Is this something that in your mind, maybe when you were younger, you said, I want to have my own business or was it just something that you happened to do at the time? Well, when I was younger, I wanted to be Audrey Hepburn. That was my, my job. I was going to be Audrey Hepburn. Um, and while I did do some, some small screen movie acting, (laughs) um, my mom was actually an entrepreneur when I was a kid. 
And I remember she actually, she made baskets and she wrote a book on making baskets. Um, she taught classes. She got a lot of her business through teaching classes, which is what I ended up doing with my computer repair business. I taught classes at senior centers and got a lot of my business that way. So I kind of followed in her footsteps there kind of without knowing it. Like you're not, I wasn't sitting there going, Oh, I'm going to do exactly what my mom did. You know, I just, it just was like in my mind, it was something that was like natural to me that, Oh, this is what I should do. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom also sold for a multi-level marketing company. She's done that a couple of times in her her career. Um, and she used to have people come to the house and buy supplies and things. And she would, um, she actually would do something called album in a day. She sold creative memories, the um, scrapbooking stuff. And she did something called album in a day. And when I started doing website in a day, she was like, you know, I used to do that, right? And I was like, wait a minute, you did websites in a day? And she's like, no, no, I did scrapbook albums in a day. Mm. <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, oh my gosh, all of this stuff has been in my head, like little mini time bombs, <laughs> wow. like for years and years and years. And I didn't even realize it. And you know how you hear things and you're like, oh yeah, that's a great name. I'm going to use that. And you go look it up and somebody already has it. Mm-hmm. It's probably because you already heard it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I really feel like a lot of the stuff that my mom did, I... I really saw that and like I, I invited all that and I, I learned through osmosis in a way. And then all that started to come out as I started to build my stuff. And yeah, it was, it was different and my, still my own ideas, but all these little similarities that, you know, kind of came out afterwards. Um, and, and she also did a lot of networking, which I think is really, really fascinating. She created a club for me and my sister when we were like seven, eight, nine years old and we love the American girl dolls. Mm -hmm. And so she said, well, why don't we actually create a club around this and we'll do the recipes and we'll have the, you know, do crafts and have fun. And she got, we had a huge, huge group. Um, she did it for two years. We met every single month at a different church at a different person's home, whatever, you know, whoever would hold the group that large. And at the end we had 120 families in the group. Oh, it was insane. And and she did all this while homeschooling, while running a business, while being a mom to five kids, like, you know, and I just look back, like, how did she do all that? And then, you know, here I am running 13 networking groups, running two businesses, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, okay, I kind of kind of get how she did it. (laughs) Wow. So you really had it modeled for you. And you were just emulating, not knowing that you were emulating what you had saw Mm -hmm. growing up. Yeah. And now she has another business now. She just um, started helping um, entrepreneurs to basically take their first paycheck, which was a huge problem for me a couple of years ago. Um, I was taking a paycheck, but I was like paying myself like nothing. Mm-hmm. And she um, she found the system and um, I did the system and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, this is insane. And it's um, part of the profit first system. And she coaches on that now and she helps people to set it up. And when I set it up like three years ago, I could not believe I went from like paycheck to paycheck, six figures. Now I'm like, you know, not that way. Wow. (laughs) So yeah, it's a great system, but now she has another business. And so, you know, I think that I've always just like looked at what she's done. And then, like you said, just learned a lot and not even, even thought about how much I learned from that, you know, and now like looking back, like, oh yeah, I did learn that from that, from that time. Mm, very interesting. We may have to have your mom on to talk oh, about yeah. <laughs> some of her entrepreneur because she sounds pretty industrious. She's like a, a lady on a mission. So was, yeah. she, was she married at the time when you guys were growing up and she was doing yes. all of this? Okay. Because I was yeah, saying my dad, he worked at the post office. So he was just there every day, you know, just 
working at the post office, you know, for 30 years. That's what he's done. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause she, she is getting after it. Well, I was like, wow. Talk about a woman on a mission. That's, that's what we do though. Women are great for making things happen. So I would love to talk to her. Um, <laughs> so what would you tell someone, a small business owner, solopreneur, someone in your clientele or someone that would be in your, um, your niche that's looking for someone to do marketing, how should they go about it? Because I have, and I've heard other people like you spend money on marketing and it doesn't, you know, the person either didn't do what they said they were going to do, or just, it just didn't come out the way you thought. So what is your advice or your rule of thumb when people say, you know what, I really need someone to help me with my marketing. How do you tell them to go about it? You have to be ready to trust again. Okay. It's like kind of getting out of bad, getting out of a bad relationship. You have to be ready to get out on that dating floor, you know, get on that dance floor again and like pick a partner because when people come to me and they say, I've had a bad experience, you know, my last person spent a year on my website and they took off with my money and I never saw a dime, you know, I never saw a website, nothing. Um, I've had people say that they had people, you know, say they could do a bunch of stuff and then never followed through because they couldn't actually do it. I've had people tell me that um, they got a bunch of stuff. They were paying two, three, four hundred dollars, a thousand dollars a month and nothing ever happened. You know, they were supposed to be getting all these leads and nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Marketing is not something that I and or anyone can guarantee. Mm -hmm. It's just not. But I do know that if you are willing to do the rest of the work, because marketing is not all of the work, it's a part of it. If you're willing to do the rest of the work, which means utilizing the marketing, marketing is just a tool. It's just a tool. It has to be set up correctly and you want it to be, you know, efficient, but it's, it's like having a hammer and some lumber and a bunch of nails in your yard and nothing on your lot, no house. Mm. <laughs> and if you want to build a house, you got to pick up the hammer and pick up the nails and utilize them. And when someone, I set up a website for somebody and they have a book of call system on their website, which is what I recommend for everyone. Um, and then they just let it sit there. And then they talk to people and they, they try to set up meetings or they try to have, you know, zoom calls with people, but they never say, go to my website and book. Mm -hmm. And they never, when they're talking to someone on a, a chat, you know, they're not like, Hey, go to my website and let's book a call. They don't, they just give away the, the information or they, they talk too much or they don't talk enough. Maybe they just kind of let the conversation end and they don't really reach out in that way. So, you know, the, if I set up the book, a call system, you got to use it. You got to mm -hmm. share it with people. You know, in marketing, there's a lot of things that people talk about, like inbound leads, and I'm going to give you 50,000 leads for this month, and you're never going to have to, your phone's going to be ringing all day, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> that kind of stuff, I'm like, run the other way. Mm. Because a lot of times, it's a lot of money. You got to be really ready for the influx of work if they are able to produce that. And honestly, I've never seen anybody be able to produce it that has been able to do it in the time frame they've said or for the amount of money they said. So it's something that's a game that you have to play. And I try to throw out all the games in my business. I'm like, we don't talk about the algorithm. We don't need it. We throw it out. We don't talk about, you know, Facebook's rules and regulations they have around, well, this is the way you need to use Facebook. Well, no, we can use Facebook for our own business, the way we want to use it, the way our clients need us to use it. Um, you know, all the stuff around the, your website should be cutting edge and should have all these fancy flashy things on it. No, it should be easy to use and clear and simple and concise. So there's a lot that, that the gurus, I call it guru syndrome, that they say <laughs> we should do. And that's what I mentioned before. You just need to pick a person 
that you like and you need to trust them enough. And then you need to pick up the tools once they've handed you the finished tool and the finished product. And you need to go out and share that tool with everyone because that should make you so proud and so excited. I know a lot of people will get a brand or a website or social media stuff done and they don't really know how it works. They don't really understand it. They're like, yeah, something's happening over there. I don't know. Hopefully it'll work for me. And if they don't know, under, know, understand it, or they don't really get what's going on, or they're not excited about it, then it probably wasn't the right marketing for them. Mm-hmm. And as you were talking, I, I thought about two qu- questions in particular that I want to ask. And one is, how do you find the right marketing person? So like you mentioned earlier, coaches have coaches, whatever. And I actually am in a program with my coach who's helping me with my business and she had someone who was a marketing person. So I went with this person. But for someone who doesn't have that connection and they're just, you know, just starting and they're like, okay, I I need to do marketing. How would they know who's the right person without dumping money and then finding out that they weren't the right person? And then they're going, okay, I'm scarred for life because I just spent all of my money with this agency and they did nothing for me or whatever. Is, right. is there any any way or any, how should I say, any, I guess, vetting process that you can go through to make sure that who you're choosing is someone who's going to do what they say they're going to do? Yes. Um, I actually try and get people to go with their gut mm-hmm. and not with the sales pitch. Okay. So if someone's saying something and you're like inside, you're going, yes. That is me. Absolutely. I get that is me right there. She understands me. That person understands me. He understands me. If that is your initial reaction to what they're saying, then that's probably the person for you. Mm-hmm. If your initial reaction is, well, they're saying some pretty good stuff. That sounds okay. That sounds pretty good. And then they come out with this amazing guarantee or this really sweet price. And you're like, okay, well, I mean, for that price, it's like a no brainer. You know, I guess it's, it'll probably work. It's, it's a really good price. I mean, like, you're not going to find it anywhere for that. Or maybe they're saying, you know, I want to guarantee you 100 leads a month for six months and da 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 da. Well, I mean, it's like $5,000 a month, but 100 leads a month, I mean, I could make a ton of money off of that. So, I mean, I guess it's probably good. You're now going with the sales pitch, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going with that gut that tells you, oh my gosh, this person understands my struggle, what I'm going through, what I'm thinking. They're saying all the things that I'm thinking and I haven't even said them yet um, or I've been too afraid to say them because I don't want anybody to think I'm like a marketing dummy because sometimes that happens too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we think like, oh, I don't want anybody to know I'm a marketing dummy. I don't want to say that. Um, And so I don't want to ask that question, but they're like answering all your questions or they're, they're really getting at something. You're like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. But if you're still on the fence about it, like initially, like, I mean, it sounds pretty good, but I don't know. I mean, are they really good? If that's your reaction, they're probably not the right person for you. Mm-hmm. But if your reaction is just, yeah, they get me. This makes so much sense to me. And you're just vibing with them, then they're probably the right person. So I always tell people to go with their gut, but you have to be willing to trust that person and really follow the process. I've had people that have come to me and they say, I'm ready for the process and they pay their money, but I can see it in their eyes. They're like holding on to the check <laughs> still, you know, and they're just like, I'm ready. And they're still holding on to the check. I'm like, okay, come on now. You're not ready. <laughs> But then I've had people that have come to me and they're just like, I'm an open book. Just fix all of this. I know you're going to fix it amazing. I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to sit here and just let you tell me exactly what we do. And I'm going to follow everything you say. And when they do that, 
I see them be successful when they come in with that hesitancy and that, ah, I still not sure. I don't, I don't understand. Then, you know, it's not going to work as well. And they're not going to see the results because they have this block and they have this like wall up already. But when my clients come in, they're like, I don't know how we're going to get it done in a day, but I'm going to be excited to watch that happen. You know, and then they walk away with a website that they helped build or a brand they know and they love now then it's just all worth it for that. So I tell people, go with your gut and you want that initial reaction because it's usually right. Mm. Okay, that's actually very good advice. My other question that I thought about was ads. How important, unimportant, should you, should you not do advertising on social media? Well, I I used to talk about Facebook ads um, in a certain way because before Coca-Cola pulled all their advertising, <laughs> Um, there actually wasn't a lot of ad, ad space in, in um, Facebook. They were saying there was ad space and you might, you know, one of your friends might see your ad and go, oh, yeah, I saw your ad, you know. Um, but the ad space that they actually had to show ads was not as vast as they said it was. Um, and so they were kind of overselling themselves in a, in a way. And this was talked about by several marketers um, kind of in the you know, in the conferences and the unrecorded sessions, you know, it was kind of one of those things that was floating around out there, but nobody was really actually talking about. Um, and so I used to share that with people that, you know, it's not, it's not what you see. And when you boost a post, you're just paying money and it really doesn't go anywhere. Um, and they say the numbers go up, but there's no really way to track exactly what's happening. So, um, now that Coca-Cola has pulled their ads and a bunch of companies pulled their ads from Facebook during COVID, which I think they're kind of coming back now, but there was, there was room there was space and a lot of people were getting traction out of Facebook ads, but now it's starting to decline again because Mm -hmm. the big companies are coming back and they're not, they're not realizing, they're realizing that it's not as a sensitive of a situation to not, you know, advertise during COVID Mm -hmm. um, because COVID's still going on. They can't not advertise for months and months and months. So now they're back out there. They're back starting to put their ad budgets back together. Their people are starting to come back to work, et cetera. So the ad space is starting to dwindle again. And I'm kind of going back to my original premise now. It's, I don't like ads. I've I've used ads and I've had several successful ads, but the unsuccessful ads I've had have far outweighed the successful ads I've had. Mm -hmm. So, and I use professionals that actually used to work at Facebook Mm -hmm. to build my ads. So these are like the closest person you can get to having Facebook actually build your ad. Right, right. (laughs) So if they can't even get it to work and in certain, certain circumstances, then I have no hope for myself of having making it work or of anyone who is maybe on the fence about using ads, making it work. So I try to steer people away from ads and even like paid and ad words and ad sense and all that stuff because it has become this like, has like this godlike, you know, uh, system that they've built where it's like, if you don't, you know, pay Google, then you're not going to get on the first page. And okay. Why do I need to be on the first page? Mm-hmm. If you Google my name, mm-hmm. every single entry on the first page is me. Mm-hmm. Every single entry is me because I have good content out there. I'm on so many podcasts. I've done so many guest lectures. I've done, you know, tons of guest, you know, um, blog posts. So, and I have my, my, my website and I'm on other websites and I have accounts with other websites. So my name is out there so much because I'm doing good marketing and good content Mm -hmm. that I don't need to pay Google to be on the first page of Google. Mm -hmm. If you hear me on a podcast and you look up my name on Google, you're going to find me Mm -hmm. and you're going to find just me. So that's something that I try and get people to realize is that 
the ads and the paid stuff, unless you're paying a professional to actually provide you a service or a like an actual tangible thing, if you're paying for ads, you're basically throwing your money into a fire, watching it burn, pulling out the ashes, and then taking them and burying them in the ocean and then coming back and doing it again. That's like basically what you're doing. You're just like doing this horrible funeral cycle with your money. And like I said, I've had some ads that have worked and they've been successful, but it even wasn't enough to pay for all the ads that were not successful. Oh, Elizabeth, you make me want to cry. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just signed up to have somebody to do Facebook ads for me um, because this is my, because I'm like, okay, I need to get out there. So how do you just get out there besides what you're said you're doing? You're doing, you know, lectures, podcasts, things like that. How do you get your name out there to market? I've done a couple things in my career, um, and I'm going to start with the first one I did and kind of come back to like present time. The first thing that I did was I actually used to network a lot. Mm -hmm. And when I networked um, in person, I did not put the goal to say, I'm going to go out and get clients. My goal was to network every single day for one year. I networked Saturday through Sunday. And I networked every single day for one year, sometimes two or three times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever meetings there were available. And I still did client work. I did it in the evening. And my goal was not to get clients. My goal was to become one of the most well-known people in my city. Mm -hmm. And I did that. At the end of that year, it was like October, I think. And I went to a tea meeting with all these women. It was about 80 women there. And we all got to say, you know, a sentence or two about ourselves um, it was a really long meeting because saying a sentence or two about yourself with 80 women, oh my gosh, everyone mm-hmm. loves to talk. It was so long. I was the last person to stand up. So everyone's already tired by this point. Everyone's like, okay, are we ready to go home now? You know, whatever. And I looked around the room and as each person stood up, I'm like, oh, I know her. Oh, I met her already. Oh yeah, I, I met her at that other thing. And I realized it came down and then they're like, okay, it's your turn. And I was like, wait, what? It's my turn? And I just stood up and I said, does anybody here not know who I am? And one woman raised her hand and the entire room laughed. <laughs> and I was like, I'll talk to you after. And I sat down and everybody was like clapping and whooping it up and all this stuff. And I was like, I did it in, in 10, 11 months. Cause I started like in December of the year before mm-hmm. I actually did what I set out to do. And I stopped networking every day because I didn't need to, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was exhausting. Um, but I networked like two or three times a week at that point. After that, wow. But I ma- I had a goal that was not client or you know business right. related, right? And that made me one of the most well known people. And then it was oh well, you need to talk to Elizabeth. She knows everybody. Mm-hmm. She knows everything. And so then I was this referral source. I was a person people talked about, and that helped me grow my business. And then the second thing I did was, um, and in the most recent times, and this is what I still do today, I still go to in-person networking because I still have it where I am locally. I still do a lot of Zoom um, networking things because that's mm-hmm. where a lot of my groups went. Um, and so I still do those. But the newest thing that I've been doing in the last, I would say two years, um, and almost three years at this point, I go into Facebook groups and I answer probably at least 30 to 50 questions a day. Mm-hmm. Not my group other people's groups. Mm -hmm. Not where I'm stepping on toes. I'm not trying to take anybody's business. But if someone says, hey, I'm having trouble with my membership site. Hey, does anybody know how I can set up G Suite? Hey, I don't know what I should use for my podcasting hosting. I have an answer. Mm -hmm. 
I always have an answer because I've been there. I've done that. If I read a question and somebody's like, how do I get compliance for my dental office? I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything about that. So I just ignore that. I don't answer that question. But if I know the answer to a question, even if 10 other people have answered the question, I'm going to answer the question also. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put my signature in there. I'm not going to put a link. I'm not going to be crazy about it because it's not about me getting that person as a client. It's about one person in that group seeing me answer four, five, seven, ten 10 questions a day. And they go, oh my gosh, this woman knows everything. I need to ask her my question. I need to talk to her about this. I need to see if I can work with her on that. So it's not necessarily about the, um, you know, the clients I'm going to get from it. Cause trust me, it's not like they just come out of the woodwork all the time, mm-hmm. but it's about that consistency and about being visible. And that's really helped me this year. Mm. Yeah. I like what you said about becoming the person that people recognized and referred in your city. And I'm like, mm-hmm. huh, I, I think I'm going to do that. That's a good goal. And thank you for telling me that. So I'm going to just let you know now that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I like that. And um, I also like what you said about going into Facebook groups and answering questions. And it's funny because I have started to do that and I've done it on LinkedIn mostly because that's where my, one of my favorite platform And just to kind of let people know, um, when this pandemic first started, I had less than 200 connections. Now I'm well above their plus 500. Um, And it just was from that, just interacting with posts and saying things, commenting. and, And it was amazing because I'm thinking all these years I've been on LinkedIn and I never thought about that. Mm hmm. But because I did that, and like you said, just interacting and sharing my views or giving advice, people were like, oh, I, w- I want to connect with her. Oh, I want to connect. And it's been really amazing. Yeah, it's it's really interesting when you actually start, you know, sharing what you know or giving advice or, you know, helping somebody out with, the, oh, yeah, this is the podcast hosting I use. I, I really like it because you're not saying anything salesy. I'm not even selling anything that I got. Like, I'm not a podcast hoster. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you something that I know that's going to help you move forward faster. And that makes me an expert. That makes me someone who you're going to go, okay, well, if you know this, you know, how do, where do I get my, my website hosting or where do I register my domain or where do I, you know, something else about, you know, something in that vein. Mm -hmm. So as long as you stay to your lane and you're really focused and clear about the questions you answer so that people don't ask you like, you know, oh, where do I buy my signage for, you know, (laughs) random stuff, right? It's like, I have no idea, but um, I can answer your questions about marketing and about, uh, you know, technology and social media and streamlining and systems. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't give away all the, you know, family secrets or anything like that, but I do try and answer questions. And sometimes people just take it and run with it, which is fine. But like I said, I'm not always there just for that one person that I'm commenting on or replying to. I'm there also to say, hey, it's Elizabeth again. Oh, by the way, another comment by Elizabeth. Oh, wait, that Elizabeth girl, she's everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I have one question, and it's kind of a personal question before we get into my my sequence of questions that I ask. Mm -hmm. What do you think about business cards? Are they outdated? Should I be spending any more money on those? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually did not order any because of COVID. I just was like, well, I'm not going to go into any networking now. And yesterday I gave away my last one. So I am now back to ordering like 50 to 100 at a time, but I'm just Mm -hmm. never going to order the thousand box I used to order. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
you know, and I asked that crazy, crazy question, but I just threw away a box of business cards, like, you know, some that I did. And then I was like, oh, you know, I changed my branding or I got a new number, just something. And I was Mm -hmm. like, and like you said, I ended up buying like, I don't know, 500 or something at a time. And I'm going, okay, do I really want to buy more business cards or should I just buy some in small quantities? Because I've held on to them for a while because you, it's almost like you go, oh my goodness, I spent this money on them. I should keep them. But then you don't pass them out to anyone because you're like, okay, I don't even use that email anymore. Or Mm -hmm, I've changed mm -hmm. my tagline or my branding. So you throw those out and then I'm like, do I want to get more? Is it a waste or should I get them? Should I not? You know, it's like, uh. <laughs> well, you know, I think ordering them in small quantities is good. I feel like you should always have something on your person that identifies you <laughs> and like you could hand out to someone because, um, you know, giving away your driver's license isn't really going to work. Um, but if, you know, if you're not a business card type person and you don't really ever have cards and you've really never had them, I'd say, you know, do what works for you. But for me, if I'm talking with someone, I was in my nail salon the other day my nail salon. And I was talking with somebody who I had met like many months ago. And I was like, Oh my gosh, so great to see you here. She was actually working there. She was a, she was a manager. And she said, you know, I actually run other businesses and I work with marketing professionals. And I was like, tell me more about this. And she had all these clients that were actually going to do collaborations now. And if I didn't have a card to give her, I would have, she would have forgotten about me. Mm -hmm. I would have forgotten about her. And we would have, that interaction would have just been, you know, come to nothing, but it was a great business interaction on a Saturday at the nail salon. I looked like, you know, a hobo, <laughs> but you know, it was still a business interaction. And I was so glad that I had a card left in my purse to give her. And I wrote, you know, I had my old email on that one, like you were saying. Um, and I wrote my new stuff on the back and I'm like, please contact me. And when I did that, she was like, Oh, thank you for giving me a card. She's like, I was going to ask you to text me, but you know, that always gets buried. And I was like, mm-hmm. absolutely it does. <laughs> and that so, was going to be my next comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about the digital business cards. Cause someone was like, oh, why do you buy business cards? You know, there's digital, but again, it, yeah. Texting, it, it gets, it gets lost. I don't even let my clients text me anymore unless we're having a meeting and they're like, Hey, I'm on my way or something like that. If they want to ask me a question or send me anything, I have a ticket system now mm. because when they were sending me texts and emails in the middle of the night and all this stuff, I would lose. They would get lost. They don't, I don't get to see them. So now I have a ticket system. It shows up as priority. I know exactly where it is, what it is. And that's like, this is my to-do list or this is the team's to-do list for today. So it's definitely worth it to like not let your clients text you because mm-hmm. <laughs> they definitely get lost for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And we might have to talk offline about some of those things you use. Cause yeah, same thing, but okay. I'm going to buy like 50 new business cards. That's it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> okay. We're going to get into our rapid fire questions. Are you ready? All right. I'm ready. Okay. Who or what motivates you? My family for sure. Okay. What demotivates you? Um, bad clients. I actually was on a podcast called bad clients and I talked all about it. <laughs> That's great. That's mostly my fault, by the way, because I hired, I hired them essentially. I brought them in. So it's all on me. Oh my goodness. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked out for your good? Uh, a young man, several years, my junior decided that I was too, 
much of a woman to be in on his technical conversation about coding. And he condescended to me like hardcore, like I was five. Wow. (laughs) And I came back at him with several um, very technical answers. And he was like, oh, yeah, like that. (laughs) And he never bothered me again about that. (laughs) Interesting how that happens, isn't it? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is your fear? Um, that's a hard one. I have a lot of them, but I try to change that and reverse that. So, and it's like a whole mindset thing, but I don't focus on that. I mean, I, you know, everybody has like a fear of not having any clients and things like that, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that I wouldn't be able to do this. Like, cause this is my, my life. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. And I think if I wasn't able to do that and I think, you know, uh, with with some of the political climate and some of the things going on, there have been times where I thought that my business would not be able to survive in certain circumstances. And I think that is probably one of my biggest fears is that if if something happens where my business would not be able to continue, that would be really upsetting to me. <laughs> okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? No, I, I do everything that I think. Okay. Okay. Well then you probably have the same answer for this question, but is there a time that you wish you had not done something? Um, yeah. Partnerships. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've done too many of those. I've only done two and two was too many. So (laughs) I'm done with that. I I swear I'm on the podcast officially saying no more partnerships for me. (laughs) Okay. So you're on record. So I'm going to let your husband get a copy of this. So that's right. (laughs) can play it back. Uh huh. My own words, Elizabeth, no more partnerships ever. (laughs) What is your definition of success? Being able to wake up every day and not go to a job. Mm. I don't go to a job. I run my business and that is so freeing to me because, you know, I have stuff to do every day and I have to work every day. And sometimes I work on the weekends because, you know, I'm crazy, but if I want to go to the nail salon, I take the hour and I go. If I want to take a vacation, I pick up my laptop, I grab my husband and we go, you know, so those things being there and me being able to be flexible, but also do the things that I love, that's success to me. Mm. How do you recharge? Um, you know, I, I didn't, um, I didn't have a piano for a long time. My parents asked me when I was seven if I wanted to play. And I said, you know, I'm not going to practice. And they're like, you're seven. You, we're going to make you. And I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And they said, fine, we're going to ask your sister. And she became a beautiful pianist, by the way. Um, but I never learned. And so when I was, I guess it's like a year or two ago, a year ago, it was a year ago, my husband bought me a piano and I taught myself how to play. Hmm. And now when I'm having a bad day or I have a few minutes in between calls, I will walk out to my living room and I will sit down at the piano and I will just play and sing. And it just, I don't know, it just some, does something for me that makes me calm and gives me like this little boost of energy. And then I can keep going. Wow. What are you awesome at? Uh, well, I would say everything, but I know there'd be a few people that would dispute that. So I'm going to have to go with Branding, websites, <laughs> social media, email marketing, and blogging. Oh, and podcasting and, and memberships. Yeah, those are all the things I'm awesome. I'm awesome. 
What legacy do you want to leave? I think I've already left it, which I'm, I'm very happy about. Um, my sister, she is 19 years old and she has already decided that she's going to be an entrepreneur. She's, she knows that's what she wants. She knows that's what direction she wants to go. And I think that that kind of thing has already been part of my legacy. Um, and the other part is all the small businesses that I've helped that have survived, that have succeeded, that have gone forward and grown and you know, kind of made their own dreams come true because of what they've been able to accomplish, but that I was a small part of helping them do that. That's the kind of legacy I want to leave. And I want people to know that it doesn't matter where you are, where you start. You know, I started playing piano a year ago. I'm like 35 years old. I started dancing, uh, ballroom dancing at the age of like 23. So I started all these things like that people start when they're children. I started them way late in life, but it doesn't matter because I did it. I made the effort and I made it happen. So I just want people to go after the opportunities that they're presented to them. And if it fails, you go after the next opportunity. And that's the kind of, kind of thing I want people to be, you know, remember me for, and not just remember me, but know that they can do that themselves. Okay. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. I think that was motivational, but if you have something (laughs) else. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, something that my mom always would say to me and this, I would hate it when she would say it. I'd be like, mom, stop. I understand. I get it. But she would say, this is temporary. Whenever I would complain about something, I'd be like, this sucks. I hate this. And she'd be like, it's temporary. It's a bad situation. It's not great. It's not the best. It's not ideal, but it's temporary right? It's going to get better. Something's going to change, whether it gets better or does something lateral move, right? It's moving, it's changing. And I I think as an entrepreneur, that's so important to remember. And it's right now it looks bleak and rainy and cloudy. And you're just like, I don't see a way out of this, but it's going to change because it wasn't that way 10 minutes ago, maybe, or it wasn't that way 10 months ago, right? So things are always going to change and move. And it might be 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days, 10 years, but it's going to change. And you have to be willing to wade through that and get through to the other side of that. And then when things are really good, you just got to be prepared that it's going to change. And there might a storm might come through, but it's going to roll out. And if you can stick with that mindset and know that everything is temporary and it's going to be constantly changing, then anything that gets thrown at you as an entrepreneur, you just roll with the punches. You're just like, all right, okay, we can do this. We can move over here and try this and move over there and try that. But in just remembering that everything is temporary. And that is that has got me through a lot of really crazy stuff as an entrepreneur. Mm. Tell the listeners how they can connect with you, whether they want to become a client, your website, your book, all the goods. You can go to getabsolutemarketing.com. And I actually have a pro toolkit on there. All of the stuff that I use to run my business, all the free stuff, all the paid, you know, um, you know, programs and stuff that I use. All of it and why I use it and how I use it is all listed in my pro toolkit. And that is on my website at getabsolutemarketing.com and it's free. All right. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for the great conversation and for being on Trina Talk. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. If you like Trina Talk podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey.
not a destination.